Thank you, everyone, for being here today. And, you know, we are just going to be going right into the sermon and looking at the Bible. You know, what's the Bible about? God. Where? Oh, thank you. Jesus. Yes, Sunday school answer. You're not wrong. Yeah, you know, Jesus. You know, Jesus is at the center of the Bible. It, it just comes down to that. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, it shows why Jesus came, doesn't it? Genesis, Adam, Eve, oh no, we messed up, God's got to fix it. You know, Old Testament, it shows why Jesus came, and, then it, and it also points to the fact that, hey, there's a promise of the Messiah, you know, even right back to Adam and Eve, it's there, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, talk to me later, we'll, we'll map it out. Then you got the prophets talking about it, you have um, Abraham talking about it. You know, Jesus is all in the Old Testament. The whole Old Testament is pointing up to Jesus. Then you got the Gospels, and the Gospels are about Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, oh, good, good job. If it was Sunday school, you'd, you'd, you'd get a little smiley face sticker right now. And then the rest of the New Testament points back to Jesus and talks about how we should live because of Jesus. So Jesus is at the center of the Bible. So why did Jesus come? To save us. To save us, good. Why did Jesus come? What? Destroy the works of the devil, good. To redeem us, good, yeah. To love us, good. Yeah. Good. Right relationship. Yeah, good. So, yeah, all correct. You know, so Jesus came to make atonement for sins. He came to make a way for us to be with God in heaven. He came at the first act in defeating Satan forever. And, you know, we can kind of sum all that up into this overall point. Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God. So, you know, we've been talking about pursuing nations and God's heart for the world. So we're going to be looking at the book of Acts. So you, if you're in, you want to get your Bible out, you can go ahead and start um, pulling up to the book of Acts. And Jesus' role for us found in Acts chapter 1. Because you see, you know, Jesus came, he did his part, and he's like, okay, guys, my peeps, my disciples, I got something for you now. So Acts Chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, you know, we see that Jesus wants us to be witnesses to the world of his kingdom. So we'll be reading Acts 1, verses 1 through 11, and if you have your Bible, you can pull it out and follow along, or you can read on the screens and, or just listen. <clears throat> so Acts 1, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, the, um, yeah, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, 
but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So let's go ahead and just take a moment and pray. Dear Holy Father, I thank you for this day. And God, I ask that you just bless this message and just let your words be spoken. God, I ask that you just be present and you just speak to the hearts of everyone here. And God, I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, you know, in reading that passage, you know, kind of looking at this and just, I kind of came down to the conclusion of, you know what? We are, to be, we are to be witnesses to the kingdom of God. Okay, you can go home. Yeah. Sermon in a sentence, we are to be witnesses to the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? Well, I, I got three points if you want to know more. But what does it mean to be witnesses to the kingdom of God? Well, first... We need to start living in the kingdom. So start living in the kingdom. So Acts uh, 1 through 5, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. He had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So you see, Jesus preached the kingdom of God. You know, if you look at the first three Gospels, you know, they, they call them the synoptic Gospels because they're so much alike. Matthew, Mark, Luke. What does Jesus preach? The kingdom of God. Or if you're in Matthew, the kingdom of heaven. But that's, enough. It, he means kingdom of God, and there's a big, long explanation to that. But, you know, don't worry about it. He's preaching the kingdom Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God, and he's doing that, and he's preaching that it has come. You know, and you know, Jesus isn't preaching that the kingdom of God is going to come, 
or the kingdom of God might come. He's preaching that the kingdom of God had come. And with Jesus, with the coming of Jesus, that was the establishment of the kingdom of God. You know, and um, I think some, most of you might have heard this kind of example before or idea about the kingdom, but you know, it's the idea of the already but not yet. You know, Jesus came and established the kingdom, but it's not, but it's not fully, fully established. You know, the kingdom is already here, but it's not yet fully here. Another good example is kind of like a, you have a flower seed, you plant the flower, or you plant the seed. The seed is there, the flower is there, but you don't yet have the bloom. You don't yet have the, the actual flower, the, the pretty color part, but it's there. You know, Jesus came and he, did, he preached the kingdom and he established the kingdom. And in that kingdom, you know, miracles happen, sins forgiven, and people can meet God. So we have the kingdom right now. Jesus established that kingdom right now. It's not yet fully all here, but it's established. So Jesus preached the kingdom, and then he told the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit, the power of the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God, and we're supposed to be living in the kingdom of God, and Jesus told his disciples, now wait, before you go off and do what I'm wanting you to do, that before you start this whole witnessing business, you need to wait. You need to be living in the kingdom. You need to have the power of the kingdom. And that power, and the power of the kingdom, it, you know, it was the Holy Spirit. It was the fact that, hey, I'm not just testifying that, hey, Jesus came and died and rose again. It's a, hey, he came, he died, he rose again, and my life has been renewed. You know, he had, they had power to back it up. They had something to back it up with. They weren't just giving a good lip service. They were doing something about it. They had something to show with it. They were living in the kingdom so, a way to kind of illustrate this, uh, uh, how, how to understand this, it's like, you know, as a kid, I got a 10-speed bike once, and, you know, it was great, and it was my first, you know, bigger bike, and it you was know, 10-speed, and it was nice. Just one problem, I had no idea what the speeds did. I had no idea what the gears were for. I could twist them and turn them, and oh, sometimes it was easier, sometimes it was harder. But I didn't use it right. I wasn't, so how, you know, I could talk about how great a 10-speed bike was, but I couldn't really show anyone, because I had no idea, because I usually didn't change the gears. I usually didn't. You know, you have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or five here, and then you have all those little dashes on the other side. I don't know. I just kind of made it up. So I had it, but I wasn't using it. So if I was trying to, so I could talk about someone, talk to someone about, hey, how great a ten-speed bike is. But if I was riding a bike, it wouldn't really show. I couldn't actually get the most out of that bike. 
I wasn't using it. I, and then if I was trying to sell someone a 10-speed bike, would you buy it from me? Oh, this bike is so great. Let me show you. Uh, no, actually, I'm not going to show you. Just trust me. Take my word. No. We need to be living in the kingdom. What we're telling people, we need to be showing the example of. So we need to start living in the kingdom of God. You know, we, we need to be seeking the Holy Spirit. We need to be seeking the heart of God. That's living in the kingdom. You know, Christ came to preach deliverance. He came to, to set the captives free. And that's by the power of the Holy Spirit that that's able to happen. You know, we, you know we, if we want to preach the kingdom, we need to be living in the kingdom. And we can't do that if we're not. It's odd, odd sentence, but it's true. So be seeking the Holy Spirit. Be seeking the heart of God. Be living in the kingdom of God because you're supposed to be a witness of the kingdom. How can you be a witness of something that you're not a part of? So, as witnesses of the kingdom of God, we need to be living in the kingdom, and then we need to be witnesses everywhere. So, Acts 1, verses 6 through 8, it says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Every time I read that, I just imagine Jesus going... Three years, and you still don't get it. Jesus has more patience than I do. Lord, at this time, are you going to be restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So we are to be witnesses everywhere. If we're, witness, if we're supposed to be a witness to the kingdom of God, then we are to be witnesses everywhere. So, and understanding that, well, you know, you need to know it's not up to us to understand the mind of God or how God works. We, we don't need to know that part. And if you try to, you're not, you're going to fail. People have been working on that for 2,000 years, and they're still working on that. It's, yeah, it's not going to work. You know, I, uh, someone, uh, one of my teachers one time told me, you know, God is like, you know, it's, it's like a forest. How far can you go into a forest? You can only go in halfway, because then you start coming out. But God, you can't, you Go in infinitely. You, you never fully understand. You never get halfway. So we can't understand the mind of God. We can't understand all the way God, ways God work. But we can be witnesses to God. We can be witnesses to the goodness of God. We can trust God that, that he is who he says that he is. So, you know, the, the disciples asked about the king, um, if the kingdom was going to be restored to Israel you know, and, and they were expecting 
the kingdom to be like the world. They were expecting it to kind of be like the old time. You know, we had King David. We had Israel. We had our geography. We had our little slice of the world. You know, but God had a different plan. You see, God's kingdom, he didn't, he didn't just want it to be that little slice. He, he wanted the whole pie. He wanted the whole globe. And, and he, Jesus didn't just come for Israel. He came to redeem the world. You know, Israel's important to God. That little slice, it was important to God. But the whole world's important to God, too. And he had something more than just some dirt planned. So in being a witness to Jesus, you know, it's not up to us to fully understand everything we are asked to do. It's up to us to be obedient. And we're told to be witnesses for Jesus. You know, we, we can't understand everything about it. You should seek to understand. You should be reading your Bible. You should be studying. But sometimes there's a point where you come, go, and I don't under, fully understand this. I don't understand why we have to keep going back to and sharing the good news and sharing the gospel to people who are rejecting us. Israel kept rejecting God, and he kept sending prophets. That, you know, we don't have to fully understand, but we need to trust God and be obedient. And, you know, we're supposed to do it through the power of God. You know, Acts 1.8, it's you either use it for missions or you use it for the Pentecost. You know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. But, you know, those two go together. We're not supposed to just be witnesses, be doing this by ourselves. We're supposed to be doing it through the power of God. We're supposed, you know, that goes back to living in the kingdom. We're supposed to be working with God. We're supposed to be working with the Holy Spirit, working under the Holy Spirit, through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, he said that we're to be witnesses everywhere. You know, he says, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the world. Earth. And <clears throat> what he doesn't say is that you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the end of the earth. Did you did you get the difference? Not not Jerusalem then Judea, it's Jerusalem and Judea. Not Judea and Samaria. Or, no, it is Judea and Samaria not Judea, then Samaria. We're supposed to be witnesses everywhere at the same time. You know, like, I, as I was preparing the sermon, I was like, oh. So I, I looked it up, and I did some research, and yeah, no, the Greek, it, it, it's not chronic, canonical, or chronological, it's and, and, and. They all connect. We're supposed to be witnesses everywhere. We're called everywhere. So how do, you know, 
that's played out by, you know what, we're supposed to be intentional. Be intentional with what you do. Be intentional to be a witness. Be intentional about being a witness everywhere. You know, it, it's like learning another language. You know, I, I mentioned to you about Greek. You know, I looked it up in the Greek, and you know, I took Greek. And how many of you have taken a language in um, high school or college, or ever taken another language? All right, what, what have you gotten? Spanish? Spanish? What about German? Uh oh, oh, nice, fun. French? I heard of French. Oh, ASL, okay. Um, Latin? Any any classics? Eh. All right. How many of you can speak? Get, get, have a good conversation. We got one. A good conversation in a different language. All right. Yeah. You can learn another language. You can get the grade. You can pass the class. But if you actually want to do it, if you actually want to speak it, it requires a lot more intentionality. You know, now, you might not understand all the grammar of it. You might not work it at all, but you learn it not simply by thinking you want to learn it. When you, go to, when you do another language, it takes up your entire life if you really want to do it right. You know, but by being intentional in studying, that's how you learn another language. You know, you're intentional in being in class. I was in class every day for Greek. I never missed a class because it's like, okay, I, I should learn this. And it's like, I knew it. And if you want to learn a language, you know, you got to be intentional about making it to the class. You got to be intentional about immersing, immersing yourself in the language. You got have to be intentional about re doing your reading in your textbook, especially before the lesson, so that you kind of learned a little bit about what you're supposed to learn, then you could actually go to the teacher and have them teach you it, and then it makes a lot more sense when someone explains it to you, and then probably you go back and reread the chapter if you're really wanting to do it right. And then, you know what, you have to be intentional about paradigms, all those endings, yeah, yeah, and you have to work on it. And how many of you, you know, in learning another language, how many of you made up a silly little song about it? Yeah, it required intentionality. And if you're gonna, you know, if you're not intentional, you might pass the class, but you don't really know the language. We're supposed to be witnesses everywhere. And to do that, you know, it requires intentionality. You gotta be working at that. You gotta be like, where am I a witness? How am I a witness? How do I do this? You know, how can I be a witness in my Jerusalem? Oh, here's how. How can I be a witness in my Judea? Oh, here's how. How can I be a witness where I'm at right now? Here's how. How can I be a witness to the end of the earth if I'm stuck in Toledo? Here's how. We're to be witnesses everywhere, and that means we need to be intentional about what we're doing. So intentionally seek God's power in your life. Because, you know, if you have the Holy Spirit with you, 
it's going to be a lot easier. You're going to know how you're supposed to do, be a witness a lot better. You got the Holy Spirit being like, hey, you know, you really need to just, that waitress, yeah, she was lousy, but uh, tip her double. Just, just do it. No, you don't need to say anything. Just tip her double. I got someone else coming up later. You just got to get her into a good mood. You got to show her the love, and then someone else will talk to her about the love. Or maybe it's a, you know, some going opening the door for someone. Maybe it's just simply saying, oh, God bless you. Maybe it's a, hey, you know, we, we've known each other for a long time, and, we, you, know, you know, I'm a Christian, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, can I just tell you about what God's been doing in my life? Yeah, no, hey, if you're freaked out about that one, don't worry. I freak out about talking one-on-one -on -one with someone. I can, I can do this very easy. Because I got about, you know, 10 feet between me and Roger and Don. I, I got room to run. <laughs> you come up to me face to face and it's a totally different story. You know, a lot, you know, a few weeks ago we did that whole um, clue date night and, and all of you were like, gonna believe Professor Blum. Well, my wife totally believed it because she knows me. And she knows it's a lot easier for me in this situation than that in situation. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. But you need to be intentional. And you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Seeking the Holy Spirit. Seeking the power, God's power. And then following through. And you know what? You need to accept that you don't know everything. But no, God wants to use you. You know? Yeah, God might be telling you, just be extra nice to your waiter. Just tip him a little extra. Well, God, that's just stupid. How do you know? Just accept that. It might be, you know, saying thank you to someone who's just been a jerk. Well, God, what good is that going to make? What difference is that going to make? Trust God. He knows what's going on. He's got the master plan. Just follow his lead. Be intentional about following God. And then, you know what, be intentional to be a witness of Jesus in your world and actions. You know, everywhere. You know what? What am I doing right now? How am I being a witness right now? How is my tipping habits being a witness? How is my Manners being a witness. How are my words being a witness? Be intentional with what you're doing. So, you know what? We're supposed to be witnesses of the kingdom of God. So we should be living in the kingdom. We should be witnesses everywhere. And we should be operating under, all under the knowledge that Jesus is coming back. So Acts 1, verses 9 through 11, it says... After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go up into heaven. 
So, you know, understand Jesus is coming back. You know, Jesus left, but that was only part of the plan. If you, you know, read the end of the book of, of the Gospel of John, you know, and go to the Last Supper, you know, you have chapter after chapter, and it's Jesus talking to his disciples. It's his final instruction that is a prayer for his disciples. And all that, you know, and a, and a large portion of that, he's talking about, I'm going to be going away. But it's good I'm going. Because the Holy Spirit will come. And you see, you know, Jesus was God, yes? Jesus was also man, right? Yeah. And he was God, but he was man. He was in a, he was had a body. So where was Jesus on earth? In, in, in his body. So wherever his body was, there was Jesus. There was God. When Jesus went up to heaven, Acts chapter 1, Jesus went up to heaven, Acts chapter 2, we get what? The Holy Spirit coming down. Where's the Holy Spirit? Everywhere. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Good Christian theology, good basic theology. Jesus left, but that was part of the plan. The first part was God now is everywhere. God is, the Holy Spirit is with us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a part of the, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. We have God walking with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us now. If Jesus was still here, he might be in Jerusalem and we might be here, then those long distance phone calls would really eat up our ties. So Jesus left, but that was just part of the plan. He left so that the Holy Spirit would be with us. And the rest of the plan was that he was going to come back. You know, so while he was gone, we would be growing the kingdom. He was going to come back and fully establish the kingdom. He came and he started the kingdom of God. And he, when he comes back, he's going to fully establish the kingdom. It, it's going to finish. He's going to finish the start, what he started. So right now, we're working on building the kingdom. We're growing the kingdom. So we should be witnesses because Jesus is coming back. You know, we should be witnesses because he's coming back. That should be a motivation for us to be sharing the gospel to, spread, to spreading the gospel, to building the kingdom. We only have so much time. You know, there's a book, The One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. I, I haven't read it, but the answer, but I was, talked about it with my dad because he read it, and I'm like, oh, okay, so let's see. In heaven, oh, you can't talk to people about the gospel. You can't evangelize in heaven. Because everyone in the heaven already knows. This is our time to do this. This is our time to be a witness. And there is an end date to that. We need to be motivated because Jesus is coming back.
you know, and this, it, it's, it's like this. Um, growing up, I was in a program called Royal Ranger, then I've talked about it a few other times, and some of you might know what it is, and if you don't, just, it, it's like the Boy Scouts, but um, it's, it's through the church, and it um, doesn't just focus on camping, it's camping and discipleship. So, and so in that, you know, we, we do our campouts, and there's kind of this funny thing that happens. Anytime you have, we have a big Royal Ranger campout, a storm seem, seems to always come through. There's a period of solid five years where I never got to finish a campout because of a storm. So one, one time in uh, the year 2000, we were camping, and we ha set up our tents, and we had it all set up, and then we uh, then the uh, people in charge come, come around and, hey, there's a big storm coming through, you know, just get, get ready for it. Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, we throw some extra ropes over our tents. Um, we had canvas tents, because we were um, at canvas tents, so we were throwing ropes over, we put extra stakes down, got everything tightened up. You know, we heard a little bit more about the storm. It was really bad, winds were, I forget how bad the winds were, but I'm just gonna say like 80 miles an hour. I don't, I don't know for sure, but really bad winds. So we're like, okay, you know what? Hey, let's go ahead and just drop all, drop the awning, awning down, because that's just gonna be like one giant sail. So we dropped it down, staked that down, covering up all of our stuff, threw some more ropes around, and then we went to the other side of the camp where more boys from our church were, and we were hanging out with them, and they had a big awning. And so then it's like, huh, how, how can we get this down? And then the storm starts blowing in. And it, it was good. It was rain just coming down in sheets and wind. And just to kind of describe it, we ended up jumping up and grabbing onto the awning and hanging there to keep it from blowing off. And... You know, the storm came, and it was blowing, in this part of the storm, it was maybe 20 minutes of just rain and wind. And then we come, come back, and we look around. We, we're seeing some tents up in trees. We're seeing this big metal awning or, that uh, you might see that, uh, with, that's like a tent. It rolled around, and it was just this big ball of metal. And then we go back to our campsite, and we look, and there's our tents, up, fine. All the, you know, one stake got pulled out, got a tear in one spot, just, but it wasn't bad. You know, comparing to the tent up in the tree, we got through it fine. And just to help further um, emphasize how bad the storm was, Right after that, as we were looking around, the leaders from the uh, camp come racing around in golf carts again and say, there's five tornadoes that touched down and they're about uh, 80 miles away. We got about 20 minutes before that cell gets here. Get out. Break camp and get out. It was really fun. It takes a special kind of person to do that, enjoy that kind of camping. I used to be it. But I had that time, we had that time to be, 
to be ready. We knew the storm was coming. We used the time to prepare. You know, Jesus said we're to be his witnesses, and part of the reason is because he's coming back. So we need to live with the urgency that Jesus is coming back. We need to be acting like Jesus is coming back. We don't need to be, you know, I'm not saying go run out into the street and start yelling, Jesus coming back, he's coming back, get ready, get ready, you're all going to burn! That, that, that doesn't work, usually. Maybe one in a thousand. But I bet a nice conversation probably would get that one and ten more. So, you know, but live with urgency. We're told he's coming back. If we really love the world like Jesus loves the world, we need to be acting like it. So, you know, we're called to be witnesses to all the earth, and that starts with where we are at. And, you know, if we're really living in the kingdom of God now, then we should be looking to grow the kingdom more and more. And we should be looking forward to the day when Jesus returns and brings the kingdom fully. And, you know, if, if we are Jesus' witnesses, then we should be looking and um, looking at how we can grow the kingdom of God. And as witnesses to the life, death, resurrection, and return of Jesus Christ, we're witness to all of that. And if we truly believe Jesus is going to return, we should be seeking to live in his kingdom now, because, you know, the kingdom of God is right here right now, and it goes on to eternity. To start living in that eternity right now. And if we truly believe Jesus will return, we should be motivated to tell others. We should be motivated to show others the gospel, the kingdom of God, the fact that Jesus will return, the fact that Jesus came for them. So, you, you know, you see all those three points, they, they just play right, right into each other live in the kingdom, and if you're living in the kingdom, you should be a witness, and you should be believing and acting like Jesus is going to return, and if you're being a witness, then you should be building the kingdom, and if, you, and if you're really being a witness, you should be a witness that Jesus is coming back, and if you believe Jesus is coming back, you're beginning to be wanting to live in the kingdom right now, and you should be telling other people about it, because Jesus is going to, be, going to come back, and you only have so much time, and yeah, that was really fast, that's okay. They all play together, and it all comes down to a, we need to be witnesses to the kingdom of God. So, what do we do? Be witnesses to the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus said, you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So, you know, I... What, what do I want you to do now? What's your takeaway? What are your actions? So I, I have some homework for you, and if you want to start working on it right now, that's great. You know, you can take the back of the bulletin or a spare piece of paper. You know, you've had Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
the end of the earth. You know, Jerusalem, that's kind of right where you're at. You know, start figuring out what is my Jerusalem? Where am I at every day? So, you know, it, it might be, you know, I live in Holland. Oh, Holland. I work. Where do I work? I'm there every day. You know, there's no wrong answer on that. Don't don't worry. That start to figure that out, and, and you can just you know work on it for the week and keep refining it. Judea, that's your bigger area. You know, that's northwest Ohio. But also, but you know, don't just but feel free to be a little more specific. Like, you know, me and my wife, you know, we take our kids to the Y once a week. They're, they're in classes. You know, we're not there every day, but we get out there. We, you know, I have a fish tank, and I, I, I like aquariums. I, I've been going to a fish store a lot. I get out there every couple of weeks. Start widening your circle, and what's your Judea? And then Samaria. That's the, you know, areas close by, but you don't really go to, go to them much. You don't really talk to them, that spot much, but you, it's right there. You know, what are places, you know, maybe it's your, the other building in your apartment complex. Maybe it's your neighbor down the street. You, you don't have a good connection with them, but they're right there. You know, start to figure this out. And once again, that's not a wrong answer, but to start to see your world, start to see where God put you. And then you, know, you have the end of the earth, that's the whole world, and that's big, and we're called everywhere. And, but, so you can leave that part plank too, but then start praying about it, pray every day, you know, God, what is my Jerusalem? What's my Judea? What's my Samaria? What's the end of the earth? You know, and begin to ask God, hey, you know, God, where do you want me to focus? How can I be intentional on these areas? You know, and he might begin to tell you, oh, you know what? Your, your coworkers, I really want you to be there at work. I really need you to be my witness at work. You know, maybe... You're the only Christian at your work. You know, Samaria, you know, yeah, you, you have all these different places that are right by you that you don't really have contact with, but you could. And God might then begin to say, hey, here's where I want you to go. Same with Judea. You know, begin to ask God, where am I supposed to focus? How do I be intentional? And just keep praying for your Jerusalem, your Judea, your Samaria, and for the end of the earth. You know, and God might tell, give you a nation to begin to pray for. He might, he might not, and that's fine. You can pray for the world. You can pray for missions. But begin to be focused on that. Begin to be intentional about how am I a witness? How can I be a witness? What, where am I at? So begin to be aware. Begin to be aware of it. Begin to be praying for it. 
And then as God begins to lead you, hear the uncomfortable part. Prayer is easy sometimes. But as God begins to lead you, take a step of faith to be a witness. You know, and I talked about this before. It could be something small. It could be something big. I I don't know what God's going to ask you to do. But, you know, he might be saying, hey, I, I want you to go talk to this person. It might be that God's going to ask you to do an act of service or compassion. You know, spring's coming. You might be helping someone with a yard cleanup. And trust me, that could be a big witness. You know, God might be asking you to volunteer for a ministry or a service. Maybe something new that you haven't done before. Let God lead you. Be intentional about being a, a witness. God might be asking you to go somewhere new. You know, if you begin to intentionally pray about being a witness everywhere, God might tell you to be a witness somewhere specific, and it might not be here. I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, not going to say God's calling you into missions. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. Maybe God is calling you to be a missionary in your work. Maybe he's calling you to be a missionary in Cambodia. I don't know. That's between you and God. But are you going to be obedient, and are you going to be intentional? Maybe God's calling you to be the start supporting a missionary. Maybe God's calling you to increase missions giving. I don't know. But God has called you to be a missionary, to be a witness in Judea and Jerusalem and Samaria and to the end of the earth. To be a witness everywhere. So... You know, I, I gave you your task, I gave you your little job, your job, I gave you your assignment. Start to pray about your, you know, figure out your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and if God, you know, places some other part of the world on you too, start figuring that out. And start to pray for them. And then as God leads you, step out in faith and be a witness. So I'm going to close in prayer. You know, and as I'm closing, you know, here's the prayer that I want you to work on right now. Just focus on one thing right now. Jerusalem, where are you at right now? The immediate place that you're at. Maybe it's your work, maybe it's your neighbor. And I really encourage you, you know what, write that down. Figure that out. Start that today because, you know, if you don't start it right now, the odds are you're not going to do it. So be, be intentional because God has called us to be a witness. So as I prayed, you know, just begin to talk to God about your Jerusalem. Where am I supposed to be? And, you know, if you need to write why I'm praying, go, go ahead. That's fine. So I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer and just ask God for... God's blessing on us, and then I'll be done. So go ahead and um, bow with, bow your heads with me. 
And here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. God, I ask that you just be with us and just help us to be intentional. God, I pray that you just begin to show us our Jerusalem. Where are you wanting us to be right now? How are we to be witnesses of your gospel, of your kingdom right now? God, I pray that you just begin to impress on everyone's heart how they're, how they're supposed to be a witness and how they are supposed to show your love to this world and to those around them. God, I pray that you just give everyone the courage to do this and just the passion to spread your, the news of your love and your kingdom. God, I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.